FM Breakfast Show with the double L team, Lyle and Lawson. Good morning and welcome to the Breakfast Show. As we have just heard, you are with your host, Lawson and Lyle. Nah, not Lyle. <laughs> no, okay, we're <laughs> with distinctly not Lyle. We're, we're with we're here with Monica. You know, we're we're in a very South Wellless show. Very South Wellless. Very South Wellless studio. Shell's not here to do the producing. Lyle's not here to talk. If the South Wells aren't here, the show must be heading north. Yeah. Hey, I'm hey, sorry. Hey, I apologize. That's awesome. No, like that's that's that I'm gonna clip that when I edit the show and I'm gonna make it an ad and I'm gonna and I'm gonna like I'm gonna spread it around the world. Like I hope they're not listening. They probably are. <laughs> like, <laughs> at least Ellie Producer Shell might yeah. be. We miss you guys and we hope you're feeling better soon. Well, at least Producer Shell. That's right. What are you grateful for this morning, Monica? I'm so grateful to be a woman. I'm just having a, I'm having <laughs> a great time. Yesterday, I had such a girly day. And at the end of it, I was like, that was awesome. Chat with my girlfriends, chat with my mom, being all feminine. Uh-huh. Love it. Just love being a woman. It's the best. That's. that's <laughs> Proud of you. More that's power to me is what you're trying to say. That's right. That's <laughs> what are you grateful for? I'm grateful. I got to drive down to Sydney yesterday to drop my friend Jose off. Ooh. And my friend Jose, he got baptized last weekend. Amen. And I got to stand in the pool and baptize him. Um, like, praise God. Like, he, you know, we did Bible studies together. He made a decision to give his heart to Jesus. And now he is going back to the US to, to represent him in his life. And oh, amen. Do his work. So, Praise God. He was here for one semester to do uni exchange, and he spent his time here in Australia on uni exchange, growing closer to Jesus. Praise God. That's amazing story. Really, really amazing. You're listening to The Breakfast Show Podcast on Faith FM. Positively different. But hey, right now, we are going to get... Oh, we are, we were going to get into the quiz. Hey, I'm how- going to tell you the prize, and Lawson's yes. going to run and get the quiz. <laughs> so this week we have a wonderful devotional box gift set. So it's two books in one, and they're not little books, by the way. These are like hefty books. Uh, so we have Our High Calling, which is a, a, a morning devotional, adult devotional, written by E.G. White. Uh, basically, she warns about the pitfalls along the Christian path. She explains how to overcome doubt, guilt, and selfishness and offers readers encouragement and assurance. And then in the evening, you get to do the other devotional book, which is called The Hope of Glory. It's written as a compliment to the first one. This one's by John Bradshaw. Um, the blurb says, Open your heart to the presence of Jesus by spending quality time with him mm. each day. The reality of Christ in you will become the hope of glory to all who believe. Mm. So this is a, a really nice, expensive gift. Can we afford this? Our budget covers this. This is a big <laughs> gift. <laughs> and uh, if you get any one of the quizzes, today we have five quizzes. You have five chances every mm. day. So five times five is 25. 25 chances. In fact, if you answer all of them right, <laughs> you... I don't know if you're the only one, then you're the only one reading this. <laughs> no, 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 no. We've we got a, plenty of people, and we've had plenty we of have, people who have won, because we have people every week who try and go for the 25. Yeah. The quarter. We've had someone hit 24 before. Ooh. No one has gotten 25. Um, but, yeah, so every week we have people going for as many questions as possible, but then, like, sometimes people win who only have one, one entry. Yeah, So, but, but still... The more, the better. That's right. So get, get in. So get your answers in, um, 0491064669, and uh, we'll put your name in the draw, mm. maybe multiple times, <clears throat> and then you can uh, yeah, go in the prize draw on Friday. So here comes the first quiz. What did Jesus say was more likely to go through the eye of a needle than for a rich man to enter heaven? Ooh. Again, 
bit of a layup here, a bit of a classic. You know, many of us know yeah. the story. Very culturally relevant, yeah. I think. And, and, you know, I know for me, before I was a Christian, I knew the answer to this one. Same. So 0491 Read that question one more time. What did Jesus say was more likely to go through the eye of a needle than for a rich man to enter heaven? Oh, there you go. I personally Zero, love these things. Oh. They're really, <clears throat> excuse me, they're really great home decor items. Uh-huh. Yeah, yeah. I just bought a T-shirt covered in them. Amazing. Yeah, I'm waiting for it to arrive in the mail. Well, 0491 Please text us today. We don't have the ability to take your calls. Our phone line is currently down. But, hey, great job. for Ant- I can already hear text messages coming Yeah, through. I can hear the phone buzzing as well. Fantastic. I was like, is that your phone? No, 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 no. That's, that's the listeners just getting in with the go correct answers. Go But, hey, let's have a look at some positively different news. I'm going to be bringing you some super easy health improvement tips. This is mm-hmm. so cool. I'm so excited about this. Turns out, <clears throat> excuse me, wow. <clears throat> and I really just wake up, Monica. I swallowed like a couple of toads this morning. Oh, <laughs> uh, really? <laughs> uh, <laughs> you know, I got a frog in your throat. Oh, oh. <laughs> you never was, heard that? Yeah, of course I've heard yeah. anyway, frog in your throat. I've got toads. The wind in the willows is happening in my I'm throat. I'm like, that's unclean food, Monica. Come on. Come on. I thought you were Isn't a bitch. The Bible says so something about frogs. <laughs> yeah, they're <laughs> like, big, big, gross. I don't know. <laughs> anyway, okay. So, frequent fruit. Fruit. <laughs> just had toads now. <laughs> Frequent fruit intake has been linked to better mental health. Amen. Yeah. I feel happy when I eat bananas. But that's because they're the, the, the top of the chain. They're like the good mood food. That's literally what they're known really? for. Yeah, bananas are good mood food. They actually say if you're feeling depressed, you should try eating a banana. I thought I just liked the taste. No, nah, it's the potassium, I think. you don't, and It's like one of the highest fruits in potassium. Oh. Anyway, so they're okay. saying if you're feeling down in the dumps, your snacking habits may actually be to blame. So this is a study that was recently published in the British Journal of Nutrition that found that eating fruit on a regular basis decreases level of depression and anxiety regardless of the portion size or type of fruit Mm -hmm. and then get this on the flip side frequently consuming savory processed snack foods like potato chips and crackers is actually directly linked to increased mental health challenges yeah i agree so not only is fruit good but the processed junk is bad and i'm feeling really bad because i literally have two boxes of crackers next to me here but you've got garlic dip yeah vegan garlic dip so you can you know spice this thing up yeah (laughs) So researchers gathered a group of 428 healthy adults and measured their eating patterns, psychological health, and lifestyle behaviours through a series of questionnaires. Get this right, they did a a CFQ, which is a cognitive failure questionnaire. And you'll be surprised. They weren't doing, like, algebra. They were doing things that we all, (laughs) I think we all do. So they measured lapses in attention, Mm -hmm. memory, and action-related tasks to assess how diet might impact poor cognition. So, example, do you have do you leave important emails unanswered for several days? Do you often walk into a room and forget why you entered it? Do you pick up your phone and forgot what you were about to do? Like those are the kind of cognitive failure questions. You're looking guilty. I'm like, <laughs> right? Did they study me? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah, when I first saw this, I was like, oh, they're like doing algebra these poor sausages. But no, it's like, do you walk into a room and forget why you're there? I'm like. All the time. Additionally, researchers separated the participants' fruit intake from their vegetable intake to Mm. look at the two food groups separately. Um, So they accounted for age, BMI, general health, and smoking status, uh, and then discovered that the frequent consuming of fresh fruit, irrespective of the amount eaten, improved psychological well-being and was not associated with mental lapses measured by the the CFQ, the failure questionnaire. It was just incredible. 
Mm. Like the rich in antioxidants, fiber, essential micronutrients, all that it helps promote optimal brain function. Um, mm. However, they actually the nutrients can be lost during cooking. So you know when you eat raw fruit, it has a really like a much stronger influence on your psychological health. And I just it just blows my mind that like, in contrast, the savory snacks. And we often think I know a lot of my friends are like, oh. I've been snacking, but at least I wasn't eating anything sugary. And I sort of think that potato chip is like a better option because it doesn't mm-hmm. contain sugar. And yet, it's the savory snacks that were tested in this. And they are associated with higher levels of anxiety, depression, and cognitive lapses. Also, from, from what I understand about health, now I might be sharing something that's maybe not true. But this is, this is from, from my understanding. Like the, the higher the salt intake, the more the body is wanting to like store fat yeah. as well. You know, um, so like if you eat really salty foods and then like even a small amount of sugar, like that sugar will be worse off because of the intake of highly saturated, fatty, salty foods. So just 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 chuck it out. In the, the same way that when you eat foods that are good for you, they all sort of work in, in like a symphony together. That's right. Like, you know, you eat vitamin C like from um, red capsicum mm. and it helps you absorb the iron from your spinach, so to speak. It all sort of works together. In the same way, on the flip side, eating junk food all together, can't they mm. all work together to, to, to diminish your health? Well, I can totally attest to eating fruit making you feel better because I'm, I'm in a bit of a diet at the moment. I'm kind of like not eating dinner and doing doing a few yeah, other yeah. things. But one of the things that I especially do is for lunch, I eat fruit and vegetables. Yeah. So I, I don't eat carbohydrates. Mm-hmm. Um, I eat carbohydrates for breakfast. So I had a vegan lasagna this morning for brekkie. Yum. One of my friends like That's made boring. it. And oh, well, like I, I, I didn't make it. Someone gave it to me to eat. For breakfast. Well, I, I feel so guilty. I'm, <laughs> so, sure? I'm so sorry. I'll bring you some vegan lasagna tomorrow. Oh, uh, but uh, yeah, no. So for brekkie, I eat carbohydrates. But for lunch, I've just been eating fruits. So mostly bananas, mandarins, and blueberries. That's like my go-to for lunch. And then like maybe some vegetables as well, like some some broccoli, some carrot, whatever. And I, dude, I feel so good, bro. Yeah. Like I, I am like running on high right now so <laughs> i can totally attest to it may not even just from a like a health standpoint because to be honest i'm i'm intaking not a very large amount of food and i do feel hungry pretty regularly mm-hmm. um which is tough you know you incorporate nuts into your diet remember how i said you need to keep to take a handful of nuts to the every, every I, oh, i've been eating almonds as yeah, well, so you should finish your meal with a handful of nuts because that'll help with your satiety. So yeah. it'll keep you fuller for longer. But like in terms of mental health, like just being like happier and more awake, mm. I'm like doing really. I'm like, yeah, I can wake up early in the morning. I can go to bed late at night. Like yeah. I can, or go to bed early, late, like whatever. Like I just feel like I'm able to do the things that I should be doing. Well, the researchers noted that uh, many of the people actually cope with stress by snacking on these nutrient-poor processed food. Mm. So if you are having trouble with this, maybe like uh, look into some further work that might need to be done to assess your exact relationship between savoury snacks mm. and mental health and maybe switch over to fruit. And, um, yeah, it's just, much better. I mean, I'm not a huge fan of snacking per se, yeah. but just getting like fresh fruit into your diet. Mm. Write down all your food. That's, yeah, that that has saved my life. Yeah, there's so a good. free app called Fitness Power, and you can mm. actually log your food, and it actually does all the calorie calculations for you. So you can even watch your calories that way, or kilojoules, because we are in Australia. My bad. You're listening to the Breakfast Show podcast on Faith FM, positively different. Right, hey, let's have our next question for the quiz. 
What occupation did Joseph, Jesus' earthly father, practice? Oh, mm. okay. If you know the answer, 0491-064-669. Please text us. We don't have our call lines open at the moment. Actually, I got a text message from my dad, an answer for the last question. Hey, Mr. Walters! Uh, shout out my dad. And he said, um, because it was, you know, what's more likely to go through an eye in the meat? I have the needle, then for a rich, rich man, man to get to get it here. He's like, more likely for a motorbike to go through the eye of the needle than a rich man to go into heaven. I'm like, bruh. You know what? He's not wrong, though, because the actual correct answer is like a like an old-timey motorbike. Yeah, essentially. What, yeah. Essentially. Mm-hmm. We're hearing text messages fly in right now, but, hey, give us that question one more time. What occupation did Joseph practice? Joseph being Jesus' earthly father. Epic stuff. Zero four nine one zero six four six six nine. Please text us. But right now we are going to get into some current news and actually some Australian news that has you know people have been talking about all around the world. A little oh, bit, really, a little bit controversial. What's going on? Basically, it goes like this: seven players in the NRL, so Australia's National Rugby League, the biggest sport here in Australia, essentially. Our biggest domestic sport, at least our you know NFL, our NBA, our is it really? I thought it was netball. Netball. I'm kidding. <laughs> okay. Uh, anyways, seven <laughs> players in the NRL will boycott a match on Thursday night um, because of the decision of the club to wear LGBT pride affirming jerseys. How, like, what are they rainbow shirts? Like, yeah. What? Oh, okay. And seven players on the team <clears throat> have said. We don't want to play. Yeah, wow. Now, obviously, you know, this has made international news. Mm-hmm. All different sides having different quotes. Um, unfortunately, in, in from what I've seen, there's no direct quotes. Even though they have identified who it is who is boycotting, yeah. uh, there are no direct quotes from these people. They've just made their decision to mm-hmm. not play um, mm-hmm. if they have to wear these jerseys, um, but there has been some different quotes coming out from um, the coach. This is specifically the Manly Seagulls. Um, there's been some specific quotes that have come out from Des Hasler, who is the coach, and then you know, you know, onlookers and pundits and whatnot. I think the the interesting side of this. So Des Hasler, the coach, he says um, that they had made a significant mistake that had caused. Confusion, discomfort, pain, and pain for many people, in particular the groups whose human rights were in fact attempting to support. So talking about LGBT people here. Now, the reason he says this is because the players weren't consulted at all over the decision to wear these jerseys. And they're the ones that are involved. Yeah, they're the yeah. ones who have to wear them. Uh, they weren't consulted at all. It was a club management decision. They were like, oh, yep, this is what we're going to do. Um, and as a result, you know, these players find out and they're like, oh, we don't, we don't want to be involved. Yeah, we don't want to... You can't force people to support your cause. That's right. Or, you know, support your <laughs> gender ideology. Yeah. And so they're like, look, this is against what we believe. This is against our religion. And so they've said, we are not going to participate in that. We're not going to play. Uh, which is, you know, a bit unfortunate for man- the Manly Sea Eagles as a club because on Thursday night they have a pretty critical and key game that they need to play, you know, to enable them to get into the finals. Like this is, this is, you know, and getting into the finals for these clubs, like brings more sponsorship, more money from their, you know, backers and supporters. And so it's, yeah, like this is, this is, could play a key role to the detriment of the club if they don't play. Um, what is else is interesting though, is the pundits and people commenting on this and some comments that I think have some validity to them. 
So, mm-hmm. so hear me out. Like, like as we just said, just before I say, just before I say this, um, we, yeah, you know, as as you've just said, Monica, you, you can't force people to support your your particular ideologies, particularly if they already practice a faith that doesn't yeah. support and agree. And mm-hmm. here at Faith FM, we practice a faith that doesn't necessarily support or agree or affirm that stance either. But it says this. Uh, so this was this was what a um, a Twitter user wrote. They said, "What infuriates me is that players will boycott over a rainbow, but never boycott a teammate who's been accused of violence against women or any other morally reprehensible behaviour that they would all agree they don't condone." But they're not being forced to wear that guy's name on his shirt. That's right. It's not comparable. That's right. But this is the other one. This is this is this is this is the one that really hit me. Others accuse the seven of hypocrisy. Pointing out the team is sponsored by, by a brewery and a betting agency. Ooh. So, it, which is true. Uh, mm-hmm. The Manly Seagulls are sponsored by, I think it's PointsBet or SportsBet or one of those ones. Um, and yeah, like, you know, alcohol companies as well. And if they're taking a Christian stance as to why, you know, they shouldn't wear these jerseys because they have rainbows for them, like, this is a one off game where they're going to don the rainbow on mm-hmm. their jersey. But they play every other game. Now, okay, uh, alcohol within the Christian community, there's a bit of a divided opinion here at Faith FM. We do not condone or support the usage of alcohol. In fact, we shared a very harrowing story yesterday of the effects of alcohol, the terrible effects of alcohol. And, yeah, we think, you know, we, we don't want to support the alcohol industry in any way. And I think that, you know, there are some um, Christians who subscribe to that, there are Christians who don't. I believe if you appeal to the Bible, you'll come to a pretty clear conclusion. But when it comes to gambling, for example, now that is a one Christian doctrine that's shared by, I would say, over 90% of churches and theological, any kind of Christian groups would agree. Any person who says, I'm a Christian, um, will essentially, like, if you say, I'm a Christian because of the Bible, you will have to appeal um, to the to the fact that the Bible is has a very anti gambling stance, mm-hmm. it's incredibly anti gambling. Uh, yet, you know, this, the team, the Manly Seagulls, is sponsored by a, a gambling company, and these people are pointing out who you know they are in you know they are being critical to these players. So I believe that they're not necessarily coming to a Christian stance, but uh, from a Christian stance, but have some understanding of Christianity, and they're saying, "Wait, like, aren't Christians against gambling?" And aren't you, like, representing gambling on your jersey? As you said, you know, uh, you you just mentioned, Monica, like, oh, it's not necessarily comparable if you have a teammate who has been accused of a crime that maybe they didn't commit because you're representing the organization and the club, not the, you know, the the terrible actions of your teammate. Mm -hmm. But the organization and the club that you represent, that you're now boycotting representing because they have a different stance to you on specifically, you know, homosexual relationships um you're not boycotting on uh, you know against this another stance which is also just as not biblical yeah i mean i tend to think we are at this point putting words in their mouths because i think that outside of adventism and maybe a few other sort of i want to say this very carefully more conservative religions i think a lot of um, religions these days, a lot of Christians these days are quite happy to go drinking and, and run to the casino for a night out. Mm. So but uh, we like, can't just assume that these players actually think that gambling or drinking is bad. Yeah, but this is... They certainly are bad things to do and bad things to promote, that's for sure. But this is this is where I come to it from the other side. It's like, okay, you are taking a stand 
you know, to based on your religion to say that I'm not supporting this particular mm. ideology, which is fine. I'm just realizing how hard it must be to be an athlete. Yeah, to, to to like to dedicate your career to a sport and then to you know be faced with the fact that you know you're gonna have to be supporting alcohol or betting or like mm-hmm. yeah man it's rough. What See, do you do? it's incredibly difficult, and I think this is this is the the ultimate problem with sport. And from my perspective, and someone who used to be as someone who used to be an athlete and was a, a sp- aspiring you know professional sports athlete, from my perspective. I, I look at this situation and I, I look at sporting and I, I look at what I was involved in as, you know, an aspiring motorbike rider. And I see that very much the industry, like the industry is set up ultimately just to, to make money. Yeah, it is. To sell things. Now, well, if you know, it didn't make money, it wouldn't exist. Let's just be clear on that. That's right. It, and all businesses are set up to, yeah. to sell things and make money, but it's like, okay, sell things and make money at, at what mm-hmm. lengths, you know, for, for, by what means. And, and this is the difficult thing. I feel like, you know, sport, because it's something so noble about sports, right? It's like this idea of you are the best at something. You know, you have this incredibly harsh test and you are... I've got to tell you, noble is not the word I think of when I think of sport. I mean, just thinking of stuff like the Tour de France and how drug-ailed it is. Yeah, no, 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 but yeah, this yeah. is the point. The, well, the reason of the, you know, for the drug ailments in the Tour de France and the reason for the various issues that we see in sport is because of the money that's involved in it. Right, yeah. And this is the thing. It's like what's a, a pursuit that could be so noble to be the best at something turns into a pursuit that's ultimately tainted by you know, the chasing of financial gain. So if you have some thoughts, 0491-064-669. You're listening to The Breakfast Show Podcast on Faith FM, positively different. Welcome back. That was Alison Krauss. How beautiful was that song? This is our next quiz today. What foldable material, according to Jeremiah, represented Israel in the hands of God? Zero four nine one zero six four six six nine. Give us a text, not a call to say up today, just a text message if you get the answer. What foldable material, according to Jeremiah, represented Israel in the hands of God? Amazing. Well, again, if you know the answers, text us. Oh, there's us. a theme. I just noticed there's a theme for today's quiz. There is. Mm. Tell us what the theme is as well. I'll give you an extra entry. That's right. Zero four nine one zero six four six six nine. Well, right now we have come time for our interview for today where we talk to people who know things about stuff. And the person we're talking to today is Jennifer Skews. Jennifer, are you there with us? I am. Now, you are our resident mental health expert who we go to to talk about all things health when it comes to the brain. And particularly today, we're going to be continuing on talking about emotional health, uh, and specifically EQ. Yes. Well, we, we talked about that last week. We talked about emotional quotient and intelligent quotient, and mm. emotional quotient is learned. It's not something that we are born to naturally regulate our emotions. And the initial problem for emotions is pre-2, and if we don't have a good, um, what can I say, caretaker, you know, someone, our main carer who helps us regulate emotions, we become what's called dysregulated. So mm. if there's any trauma or disconnection, then uh, we grow up in life not being able to manage emotions. And this mm. is where we... Yeah, you know, we're termed as having a low EQ because we are still very childlike emotionally. Mm. Um, and that's evident, you know, some people just don't do well with emotions. And what I do is help them to 
um, come through that process and start to learn to regulate their emotions. Mm. Um, and emotions are tied up to your brain balance. So, and we've talked about that before, where we have that neocortex, that one third of the brain that runs the show, literally. Um, mm. And it makes decisions, it regulates emotions, it connects to God, it um, is where we communicate from, it's, uh, it's the powerhouse that we need. So, if emotions are dysregulated, then we're on, we, we're on that emotional roller coaster uh, most days. So, um, to get off that, we need to be able to step back and observe our emotions instead of living our emotions. And uh, mm. when you live emotionally your whole life, it's, a, it's not an easy thing to do, but this is where people can train themselves and to learn to calm themselves down to get that brain back online. Mm. And that's when we talked earlier about the heart-brain connection and calming the heart is the simplicity of regulating emotions. Mm. Um and I keep pushing that one because that is the key to the door. And if you keep doing that, the brain learns to reset itself. Um, and what, because your right brain of that neocortex or that frontal lobe is the window into your emotional memory bank. Mm. So if we open that window and the thinking brain, which is the left side of the brain that actually rationalizes and thinks things through, is now thinking in emotional dysregulations. In other words, it's thinking emotionally. We mm. have to step back from that. So one, it's recognising that you're caught up in your emotions. And look, I still get caught up in my emotions. Oh, definitely. Um, yeah, and uh, it's not. It takes a while. And I go, oh, what's wrong with me? And then I realise that I've got these feelings I'm not regulating that aren't doing me any good. So I've got to mm. stop do the breathing that I teach people to do and review and have a look and this is where doing things like keeping a journal writing down what's going through your mind and your feelings and looking at it and starting to work with that to realize that I'm overreacting or I'm underreacting and working out what's a good way to change it and to do it because it is a skill um, that people need to learn yeah I think for me it's so encouraging that you say that it's like look you know, you can change ultimately. Emotional health is something that can be learned. It's something that can be influenced, developed, um, manipulated. Like it's something that can grow. And that's so encouraging because then you can say, oh, well, what, well, what can I do about it? Like it's actually in our hands. You know, there's, there's, I think there is so many parts of our bodies that potentially like we don't necessarily have control over and so many things that we can, we can struggle with. But when it comes to emotional health, it seems like, oh, wait, hey, this is something that I can actually actually have a handle on it and I can actually do something We're about it. We're not helpless. That's right. Yeah. That's, That's right. The good news. Hmm. Mm. So it is good news, but it's hard work for a lot of people, well, for all of us, because mm. one, we've got to humble ourselves to be able to go, I've got the problem instead of going out there and blaming or, you know, looking as to what's causing this and say, well, what is it in me that is the problem? And that's where that self-awareness and investigation and this is where when people do it prayerfully and ask God for help and uh, for guidance, um, it, it works a lot better. They will do it a lot quicker because um, they're opening up now to God's love that can mm. help them to recognize looking out because God is other-centered and we're self-centered. When mm. we're in our emotional uh, trauma and we're not coping well emotionally, it's all about self. It's like, oh, what's wrong with me? And look what they did to me. And we've got all this self-talk. 
And we've got to step beyond that, and that's we're learning to be the observer. Um, mm. One of the things I do, like with people who are anxious, with a lot of people, and particularly in this day and age with all the traumas going on, um, is with anxiety is getting people to recognise that the anxiety is actually physically seated. When you're anxious, it's what's to do with the body, but we look at it as the emotion, and it's a fear emotion. So if you start to look at anxiety from the physical level and go, my body's anxious versus I'm anxious, and then what am I going to do for my body to calm it down? It wow. gives you some control again. So kind of so, disassociating, yeah. like, you know, a personal attachment to the way that you're feeling and realizing, oh, wait, no, this is something that can change, like... Like my, my body is anxious. Like, okay, am I my body? I mean, well, like, yes, you are. Um, but it's, it's, it's like, oh, but I have the power to change my body. Yes, absolutely. And we can do a similar thing with anger. You know, I noticed that um, my body's angry or I'm reacting with anger because I'm angry and you've caused it. You know, it's that sort of. We have to change that belief and yes. attitude yes. that we do because it's autopilot. And the only way you can change it is in the present. Mm. Um, very good model I've worked with over the years that people find helpful. And this is understanding the formula to deal with your feelings or your emotions. And mm. there's, it's, it's, like, it's a ratio. And the top line of that ratio is reason and conscience. Now, reason is your capacity to think logically, work with the intellect, which, you know, as we talked about, the IQ, uh, to be able to rationalise things and think things through Mm. without that emotional colouring. And conscience, what is your conscience? What do you understand if I asked you what is your conscience? What would you say it is? I would say it is my my kind of behavioural limiter, um, the kind of steers, that's right. It steers, um, yeah, the way that I behave ultimately, you know, it's, it's like people call it the voice in your head, but I think if I'm trying to be like more technical about it, it's like, yeah, the thing that ultimately directs your behavior. Okay. Well, it is, as you said, it directs your behavior and that's a sense of right and wrong, the moral value. Mm. And again, there is actually in the frontal lobe of the brain, there is the conscience and the conscience that sits behind the, the, just above the eyes in between, you know, your forehead there. Mm. And it is a physical part of the brain that science has measured. And it actually Mm. finds it. uh, And when they assess it, like do it in um, biofeedback and that sort of thing, they find what it does, it can discern between right and wrong. Mm. So, it isn't just some, oh, I've got a conscience. It's actually a physical counterpart to that conscience that's working. Mm. We can shut it down. We can ignore it. Um, and we know if you keep ignoring it, then you become, become what we call a bit hard-hearted because mm. you're not listening to that guidance that the conscience will give us. And that's where the Holy Spirit works through the conscience. Yeah. So we need to keep it healthy and active. So when you have reason, which is your your ability to rationalise, think things through, and you pair it with your conscience, um, it helps you to make the right decisions and it keeps a check on the emotions. Now, if you take conscience away and you just go on reason, we have prisons full of people who have reason and they're highly intellectual and they do Mm. passion, crime of passion, but they have no remorse. Their mm. conscience is not functioning, so then they will not release, and that's the extreme end. So 
But this is where we need an active conscience to maintain that emotional balance. Yes. Now, under your reason and conscience, what we have control over is our passion, our appetite for that passion and the, the emotions that come with it. Mm. Now, what are you passionate about? Oh, like just in general, like what what do I what gets me excited? Yeah, if you're in your life, I'm passionate about my cats. I'm passionate oh. about my cats. Yeah, I'm um, I'm really passionate <laughs> about talking. I I love <laughs> the sound of my own voice, and I love talking. And I'm really blessed that I get to do it for my job. I'm blessed that I get to talk about Jesus to people. So I'm I'm like really passionate about that. Right. So we're passionate about Jesus when yes. you love God. Yeah. So. That's very high passion. Now, your appetite for that passion, I can tell, is quite high. Therefore, you have corresponding emotions. Mm. Now, if the passion takes over, then it rules over reason and conscience. So Mm -hmm. that means my appetite and my emotions are now ruling. So my capacity to work with reason and conscience disappears. Okay. And reason now becomes related to the passion. I love it so much. I'm just going to do it so much. Like you're passionate about talking, but you also need to learn to listen to people. Yes. Otherwise, your passion will override everyone. Does that make sense? This is a place where my EQ has been slowly increasing and I've been learning and changing because I can definitely, I've liked talking for a long time, uh, but I'm finally learning how to listen. It's so true. Okay, so you can see how passion can take us the wrong way. Yes. And that's where the emotions become what we call dysregulated. Mm. So to regulate them, we have to come back to reason and conscience. So we've got to step back and yes. start observing the emotions going, hang on, I'm getting, I'm on this emotional roller coaster. And uh-huh. how do you identify your emotions? Are you in fear? Are you angry? Are you hurting? You know, what's going on that is ruling you? Hmm. And uh, writing them down helps, I find, uh, writing it out and what you're thinking because your thinking and your reason is the key to the door. Mm. And when you can step back from that emotion and go, hang on, like my body's feeling anxious now, um, then you can start to deal with it and breathe it through and do the, the things that I've been talking about is start to get that left-right brain back into balance um, where you can now have those feelings. I can still feel hurt, but I'm not going to use it, say, to damage other people. Yes. I'm not going to use it to damage myself. Mm. I can feel angry, but I can deal with that anger healthily instead of spilling it out on other people. And, I mean, I'm still dealing with those things because that's how, you know, life does dish things out and uh, we do react. So it's what we do with the reaction that gives that emotional maturity or that emotional quotient. Mm. Um, it's not always an easy road, but it works well. I I am just really reflecting. I love the point that you made, like how our you know our conscience can be overridden by our passions, and how we need yeah. to keep that in check. Like because you can you can just apply that to so many uh, issues that people have. Like well, addictive behavior I think is the ultimate, like the quintessence of that is is that someone is addicted to something that have such a strong passion for something that it overrides their ability to stop doing it. That's right. Yeah, and that's what you're teaching people to do. That's what I do, teach people how to have self-control again, to take back mm. their life and do their emotions. Um, I mean, passion is such a strong emotion. It's so intense. Out of control, it goes into rage. You know, that's how 
passionate we can be. Mm. Um, and emotions are really any strong feeling we have. And there was um, one uh, definition that I like was with emotion is energy in motion, mm. um, which is exactly what it is. There's so much energy with our emotions. And if we put it to good, look what people do when they use their emotions in a positive way. Mm. You know, build things, they can help people. Uh, it's very other-centred then, mm. and I think that's the difference. Who am I focused on myself, inwardly or outwardly? So there, that's another marker as to where am I really at emotionally. Mm. That's amazing. Like, it, ma- it makes me think of, like, you know, for example, a great tragedy happens, which can kind of send people two ways. Is like people who are so emotionally and, and I guess, passionately overwhelmed that yeah. they're like, oh, wow, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm grieving, I can't even do anything. But then there are other people who are feeling the same amount of overwhelmedness in passion that leads them, them to help others. That is amazing. Jennifer, thank you so much. Thanks for being a part of the Faith FM family. Join our community on Facebook or get in touch at 1-800-FAITH-FM.